This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. Today, we listen to the third part of Reggie's talk on the radical journey of individuation that occurs when we trust the inherent force of our unique karma. Through this process, we learn to let go of expectations and embody our individuality with integrity. This talk was given at the August 2011 Dhyana Sangha Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. So, this lineage is, is really interesting because of the way in which it's unfolding. In our world, there are two general approaches to Sangha, to community, spiritual community. One of them is, I would call the conformist one, where there are a lot of rules and regulations and everybody's sort of one-size-fits-all, everybody goes through certain stages, people are expected to show up. You could say there's a orthodox viewpoint, you know, and certain language that's used, and it's very tight, and people are either in or they're out, the boundaries are very strong. That's definitely not us. On the other hand, you have much more diffuse sanghas where People come together maybe once a year for a program with a teacher for a week, and then everybody disappears. And they probably don't practice much, often they don't, and there's not much happening. And there's no real commitment. Well, that's not us either. So we're interesting because we're kind of in the middle somewhere, in the sense that there's a real, um, you know, everybody, everybody has their own journey. And um, when I started teaching, Dharma, you know, maybe almost 20 years ago, maybe 17 years ago, I had this idea that, like, the Dharma was this thing, and that people were going to go through certain stages, and people are going to, everybody was going to kind of do it the same way. And what's happened is, I see everybody has their own life, and everybody's life is different, and everybody's journey is different, and my job as a teacher, is to see that, to see it. And to see it and to say yes to it. And to be, you know, completely invested, in a sense, in that particular person's journey, in that person's life. And it's interesting because we have, you know, we have our Sangha, and we have a certain uh, set of practices that are offered. But at the same time, everybody does it in a different way. and. One of the um, highest recommendations I can give in this lineage is that eventually people teach. Because when you teach, you get to see how much you think other people should do things a certain way. (laughs) And because this lineage is totally not about that, you also get to see, you get to give up constantly what you think. People come in, and they sit down, and they tell you what they're doing, and your first thought is, no, I don't think so. 
Doesn't look good to me. <laughs> and then you look and you realize that that is exactly what is supposed to be happening. And so you just have to let it go. So um, I feel like, you know, uh, being a teacher is uh, a very liberating experience moment by moment because I get to work with people who, and it's because of this lineage, and this lineage is all about people realizing their individuality and having the insight and the courage and the discipline to, to abide within their own integrity. That's what this lineage is about. You know, all of us learning how to live within the integrity of our own life. And because of that, I get to, to be upended pretty much every single time I sit down with somebody. And it might be very subtle, but whatever expectations I have, or any ideas I may have about what the path is, which are based on everybody I've ever worked with. Okay, so I've got a, a, I've got a big database. I have a database that includes, if you want to go back, include my Naropa students and the, the people that I taught in Shimon International. I have a database of probably six or 7,000 people. And that database, when I sit down with one of you, that database is worthless. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it doesn't really matter how much information I come in with, it doesn't work and it doesn't apply. So my um, appreciation is that the people in this Sangha are so much who they are and they are fierce about being who they are. And if I happen to slip up from time, which I do from time to time, and I don't see it, I get corrected right on the spot. And my training is to give into that. And it's a good situation. So I, um, Sangha is um, a bunch of very fierce people, this Sangha and this lineage, and people who um, in most cases do what they need to in order to go deeper into their own lives and to become these very unprecedented events in the universe. I mean, that's what we're all about. And, uh, you do it, and we help each other do it, and uh, we encourage each other. You know, if one of us sort of is hanging back out of some kind of fear or hesitation, sooner or later, a Sangha brother or sister is going to say, hey, you know, come on, you can definitely do this. You can definitely step forward. You don't need to be so afraid. And it could be pretty much anybody in the Sangha could, could come forward with that. So, in one sense, you could say this is a... Couldn't the situation be tighter? I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody in this room would say that, but conceivably, somebody could say, well, can't we have more rules? Can't we... I mean, can't somebody tell us what to do? Can't we, um, like, get in trouble if we don't do things a certain way? But... Uh, it, it doesn't work like that in this lineage. The whole thing is, is rather, in one way, it's rather open. But at the same time, the connections that we have with 
Chogyam Trungpa, with this particular lineage, this way of doing things, and with each other, seem to be very, very strong. And, you know, I was telling somebody today, I was doing some interviews, and, um, you know, this is someone who's being asked to, you know, some friends are asking, you know, how do I meditate, and, um, you know, could you help me out? And we were talking about how somehow there's a certain flavor of authenticity that people in this uh, community have. And that even if you're, you haven't been at this very long, there's a kind of general sense of what's true and what's not true. And there's a sense of how to encourage somebody in the right direction, you know, encourage them not to become a Buddhist and not to you know, join up with anything particular, but how to encourage people to be who they are. So, this leads us to the uh, path of desire. Because a great deal of spirituality throughout history, and particularly in the modern world, is trying to deal with the human reality of desire. We, um, as humans, you know, the most fundamental state of mind in the human person, the most basic state of mind, is desire, interestingly enough. This is the teaching of the Vajrayana. That when you strip away everything else, what you end up with is wanting, is desire, longing, yearning, love, desire, passion, hunger, lust. Now where does that desire come from? Well, it's born out of emptiness. So the fundamental reality of our mind is open, empty, and free. But the fundamental state of mind, in other words, the most fundamental manifestation of our mind is desire. And if you look at the world's religions, they're all trying to deal in some way with desire. And they're trying to control it or channel it or in some way limit desire because it's regarded as this sort of uh, potentially out of control inferno. And um, we have interesting tools to explore this question of what is desire and how should we relate to it as humans. I mean, if it is the basic thing about us, you know, how do we work with it? And we have a teacher who um, taught about it. We have, uh, you know, a tradition that encourages us to take desire seriously as the basic reality, which is the Dharma. And then, um, you know, there's our Sangha, and um, this is, you know, we're, we're hungry people. <laughs> we're very hungry, and um, not, we're not really that embarrassed about it. Which gives us uh, some very good ground, you know, to, uh, to look into this matter. See if we can find out more about who we are as people and also, you know, about this lineage. What is this lineage?
think we're strong enough now as a Sangha to explore a way of being where it's the unanswered questions and the areas where we really can't come up with real answers that um, could become very powerful for us, for all of us together. And in a sense, it's, uh, it's inviting you into a space of exploration with me. You know, we've, we've been working a long time, all of us together, and at this point there's a tremendous amount of trust, I think, among us. And all of us have changed, those of us who've been doing this, uh, you know, for a long time. Uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount of trust and a lot of love. And maybe we're ready for a new phase where what we're doing is not necessarily trying to come up with formulas and answers and reference points, but that we are interested in seeing what happens when we work with each other to dismantle the formulas and the answers and the reference points and then live in the space that's left over. Live and communicate and rejoice in the space where there aren't answers and there aren't formulas and there aren't reference points. I think it's some... Um, I think we're headed there. And I do feel uh, Dharma Ocean in general is going to go through, is already starting to go through a change, a transformation. Because I think the folks who are looking for those things um, are realizing that they're not going to find them here. And the folks who want that way of being and are uh, curious what happens when you don't have formulas and answers and reference points um, will be more uh, turned on by all of us working together and more focused. So, you know, within that frame of reference, obviously meditation is the key because meditation is where we learn how to be without pinning things down. And in fact, we learn how to be in a reality where in fact nothing can be pinned down. And it's the nature of reality. You can't pin things down. There is no continuity of uh, ideas or reference points. The world is changing constantly, and the openness and flexibility of our minds and our spirits and our hearts is really what we're, you know, that's how we align ourselves with reality, is that tremendous openness. And obviously meditation practice is the way in which we develop that um, ability in ourselves. Download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org.
Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.